All right, good morning, Crossroads Ministries. Happy Mother's Day. Would you please stand as we worship here this morning? Sometimes I wonder, is he faithful? Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question, is he able? Can he rescue? Can he save me again and again? But when I look back, did he move every mountain? Did he part every sea? Yes, he did. So yes, he Forgotten and have fallen too far from his hands. But I know what kind of God he is, and I'm trusting in his promises. I'm believing and I'm singing. Yes, he can. Oh, did he move every mountain? Did he part every sea? Yes, he did. So, yes, he It's great to be with you this morning. I want to thank you. Uh, if you're joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. It's great to see you guys as well. Happy Mother's Day again, everyone. So what we're going to do now, we're going to do a different song. We've never done this trick before, so what I like to do is I like to intro the songs so everyone knows what we're singing. Um, every once in a while, we do listen to what people say. We do get some feedback, and um, we actually had this is actually a request from some of the congregation. I won't say who it is, but it rhymes with Duke McShane. No idea who that is. Um, 
But again, so sometimes uh, what this song is really about, this is actually a song by Shane and Shane. Um, it's a great song. It's actually uh, it's called um, You've Already Won. Uh, it was actually recorded on their live album down at Liberty University, which is really, really cool because we have some ties with Liberty University. Um, so really what it's about is um, sometimes in life we struggle. You know, we always uh, kind of take these things to the Lord and expect him to do the work. And um, we're told constantly that we're, um, we're not good enough. You know, we, we have these... Um, Satan's constantly trying to tell us, you know, you can't have victory unless you fight for it. Well, really what we should be doing is we should be seeking victory from, from his glory, not from our own, right? So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take us through the chorus here, and then we're going to get into the song, okay? And I'm fighting a battle. You've already won. No matter what comes. I will overcome, don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done, I'm fighting a battle, you've already won,
Please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look. An empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just going to sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull on our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? 
I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're going to be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Fight! 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 The floor of this vehicle is so clean that I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Somebody want to come use the bathroom while I'm in here? Well, good morning. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. We celebrate you and we honor you. Can we uh, clap and thank God for our moms this morning? So that was a, a video of all the things that moms never say, right? Stuff that moms never say, right? And so what a, what a funny but also realistic just picture of just how much our moms do for us. You know, the moms uh, uh, maybe uh, that have uh, passed away, moms that are with us, um, brand new moms, uh, moms that may look different, you know, having mothers, other kids. You know, I know that there is um, just such a, such a special place for moms in this world, and we thank God for you moms. So just know we love you, and we celebrate you this morning and all the time because Believe me, you deserve it. So good job, guys. Great job. Hey, listen, I want to uh, just pause for a minute and welcome welcome our guests. We want to welcome you for uh, just joining us this morning here at Crossroads. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do is to, to stop by that table when you came in on your left. Uh, so when you're leaving, depending on what door you go out, it'll be on a different direction. Uh, so don't hold me to that one. But make sure you stop by the Welcome Center because we have a gift for you. We also, um, it would mean the world to us if you would just stop and just, you know, just share your name. We'd love to ke- we'd love to connect with you. And so also we have a gift for you. Don't forget that part. Uh, but we'd love to connect with you and serve you in any way. Uh, and church, if there's anything that we can serve you in is, is praying for you or also just connecting with you. You can use that number on the screen or you can also use the connect cards in front of you. Uh, and then you could take those connect cards and fill them out with a prayer request or, you know, I'm looking for more information or have questions uh, just in my journey with God and, you know, or something simple as like, hey, how do I find a past sermon or anything like that? We'd love to connect with you. And so you can put those in the offering box as you leave. And we'd love to connect with you on that. On May 21st, guys, we are honoring our high school and college grads. So please, uh, you can scan that QR code. It's on the screen. It's also in your bulletin. And please send us your uh, bio and also the photos of your grads. So whether they're graduating from high school or from college, we want to honor them next weekend. And then we're taking them out to eat, out to eat afterwards. So it's a pretty nice deal. So we'd love to just celebrate our grads, all, that they've, all the hard work that they've done. And that's going to be on the 21st of May. And please uh, go ahead and sign them up, all the high school and college grads. And then Car Cruise is kicking off on the 30th, and so I know a lot of you are excited about that. So uh, just be looking out every Tuesday, uh, starting on the 30th, 5 to 8.30 up here in the parking lot. And then the new study, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics, uh, that my wife and I are leading is going to start on the 7th of June. And you can register going online, or there's information in your bulletin, and that's going to start on the 7th of June at 6 p.m. And there's child care available for that. So please let us know if you're going to be a part of that. And then also, church, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being faithful unto the Lord and giving. You can give online. You can give through the mail or using the offering boxes here at the church. But God is just growing us always in so many different ways. And so thank you for being so faithful unto the Lord and worshiping him with your finances. Would you stand with me as we continue on this morning here at Crossroads? 
on Mother's Day, celebrating our moms. Um, but guys, it's a, it's a beautiful morning here, and we're glad that you're all here. Would you pray with me? God, thank you this morning that we can just approach you, that we can bring all the things, that we can uh, bring the humor, that we can bring uh, the crazy, we can bring the chaotic, maybe that our week was, uh, Lord, but we can settle into knowing that there's truth in knowing and following Jesus. There's truth in reading the Bible and reading your holy word and helping us to just not just be better people, but God, to be set free, to really pursue freedom. And so God, help us this morning as we encounter you in a fresh way. God, we love you. Be with your church as we respond in song and as we hear from your word. God, we love you so much. In, in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Stop working. 
You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Uh, what an amazing time of worship. Amen? Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve this morning. I am so thankful for our worship team and how they lead us every week, in, in season and out of season, right to God. Amen? God is doing great things. Um, we're going to continue on our series, But God, this morning, but it's also Mother's Day. So uh, I want to, uh, I, I'm going to do something a little bit crazy here today, all right? This is Mother's Day, so i got to be good. Um, I want to recognize, I know there are two moms in here that are 90 or over. Look around, you might be able to guess, I don't know. 
One is Betty Stitch in the back, and she said, please don't do this. Betty, would you raise your hand? The, the other that I know of is Connie Scotty over here. She just celebrated 90 not long ago. Connie, would you stand up or raise your hand? Whatever, all right. There you go. There we go. We got her to stand. God bless you, all right. Are there any others that are 90 or over in here? Oh, right here in your name? Oh, that's Lorraine. I didn't see you, Lorraine. Lorraine Jones, would you stand up? She's 94, I think. God bless you, Lorraine. I can't see. I did not see you there. So we have three. Are there any others in the church? Over 90. Man, what a blessing. Let's thank God for all these moms in our church today, huh? So I will, uh, I will make that up to all three of you ladies, as soon as I let everybody know you're not under 90 anymore. Uh, uh, we'll make that up to you and have something special for you down the road. But let's thank God for all the moms in the church. You're, we thank God for all of you today. I need just, there we go. And so uh, this morning as we jump in on Mother's Day, I, I read a poem and I thought it was really appropriate that we could share with you today, all right? Uh, this is called Before I Was a Mom. Before I was a mom, I made and ate hot meals. I had unsustained clo- unstained clothing. I had quiet conversations on the phone. Before I was a mom, I slept as late as I wanted and never worried about how late I got out of bed. I brushed my hair and my teeth every day. Before I was a mom, I cleaned my house each day. I never tripped over toys or forgot words to lullabies. Before I was a mom, I didn't worry about whether or not my plants were poisonous. I never thought about immunizations. Before I was a mom, I had never been puked on, pooped on, spit on, chewed on, peed on, or pinched by tiny fingers. I had been in complete control of my mind, my thoughts, and my body. I slept all night long. Before I was a mom, I never, to- I never held down a screaming child so that doctors could do tests or give shots. I never looked into teary eyes and cried. I never got gloriously happy over a simple grin. I never sat up late hours at night watching a baby sleep. Before I was a mom, I never held a sleeping baby just because I didn't want to put it down. I never felt my heart break into a million pieces when I couldn't stop the hurt. I never knew that something so small could affect my life so much. I never knew that I could love someone so much. I never knew I would love being a mom. Before I was a mom, I didn't know the feeling of of having my heart outside my body. I didn't know how special it could feel to feed a hungry baby. I didn't know that bond between a mother and her child. I didn't know that something so small could make me feel so important. Before I was a mom, I had never gotten up in the middle of the night every 10 minutes to make sure all was okay. I had never known the warmth, the joy, the love, and the heartache, the wonderment, or the satisfaction of being a mom. I didn't know I was capable of feeling so much before I was a mom. And so moms, we celebrate you today, and we are so thankful for you. Can I have just a hair more on this? We celebrate you, and we're so thankful for you today. And as you leave today, there is, we have a treat for you. There's a tent set up at the bottom down there, and um, at the bottom of the uh, ramp. 
And it's a cookie, but it's not just any cookie. This is not a Chips Ahoy cookie. This is a 6,000 calorie cookie. And on Mother's Day, calories don't matter, okay? So we want you to take that, and not just moms, but all women, because we're going to celebrate all the women in our church. Amen? We thank God for you. You're a wonderful, wonderful church. And so as, as we read here today, am I on? I'm just feeling like I need just a little bit more for my sake, all right? So as we read this today, I want you to remember that, uh, the, that the love of a mother is something that uh, is special to all of you. Whether you are a mom or not, you all had a mom at one point in your life. And for many of you, that is a wonderful, glorious thought. And for others of you, it may be a painful thought. But, but I want you to know today that God is with us. And as you think of what a mom does, you think of the nurture of a mom, don't you? When you think of mom, you think of somebody who's nurturing. You think of somebody who's loving you. you think of somebody who's loving you unconditionally. And so here's, here's what I want to encourage you to think about is that the love of God is even more than your mother. It is tireless. You know, I think that moms are tireless, aren't they? Moms, man, we, we applaud you. My mom's here today. She's sitting down front. You know, she tells me after every Sunday, good message, and I know when I bombed them, and she says they're still good, right? My mom loves me all the time. She is tireless in her love for me. She changed my diapers, and now she has to listen to me lecture her every Sunday, right? That's kind of payback for all the lectures she gave me. No, I'm just kidding, right? But listen, I want you to catch this. The love of God is more than what your mother could even do. As good as your mother was, as powerful as she was, as much as she gave everything in season and out of season for you, for her, the love of God is tireless. And so I want you to think about this because in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, there's a, a passage. The, the book of 1 Corinthians was written to a church that was divided. You had people that were getting excited about their gifts, and they were swelling up on their gifts. And you had people that said, well, my gift is more important than your gift. And there were a number of divisions in the church. So the Apostle Paul had to come, and he writes this letter back to this church that he had planted, and he's trying to help them grow. And as this church is growing, he says, listen, we've got to help you here because you're divided, and so unity is so necessary. And one of the things he talks about in that midst of unity is love. He says that, man, you've got to love one another. And so what he does, he gives the definition of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm just going to share with a few verses here. He says love, and that word is agape there. That means God's love. You know, there's different types of love. There's God's love. God's love is unconditional. There's no strings attached. That's God's love. It's, it's for you. It's tireless. There's phileo love. That's, uh, that is brotherly love. That's where we get the, uh, in the Greek, it's phileo. And that's where we get the word for Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love or brotherly shove. All right? That's Philadelphia, right? So that's where we get that word. And then there's eros, where we get the word uh, from sexual type of love. So he's saying here, this is like how I want you to love each other. And this is how that I think our moms tried to love us. He says, love suffers long and is kind. Most translations will put the word patient there. Love suffers long. I like that word suffers long because when you're patient, I'm suffering. Have you noticed that? You know, I'm the guy, oh, come on. 
He says, when you are long-suffering, it takes a lot of time. It takes something that you've got to invest. It is kind. Not only is it long-suffering, but it is kind uh, to preserve, to be patient. It is kind as to, what? to show oneself useful, to act towards somebody kindly. Love does not envy. It's not jealous. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. The, the, the word there is uh, to be blown up, to like, like blowing hot air into a balloon. I said, in my notes here, I just wrote down, we're not full of hot air. Uh, when you are love, uh, when you're loving somebody, it's not about yourself. It's got to be about the other person. You don't come and you're not bragging about yourself to the one you love. You're bragging about the one that you love. It's not full of hot air. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked easily. Um, it is not injurious. You know, when you go to provoke somebody, it's like you know how to hit their buttons. See, love is not hitting your buttons. It thinks no evil. It doesn't take into account a wrong that has been suffered. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And then this is so powerful. He says, love bears all things. To put a, it means to put a roof, to put a cover over, to, to put a, a roof and a covering with silence. It, it believes all things. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. There's an expectation. There's a confidence. That's what hope is. And it endures all things. It remains. And then he says right here in verse 8, he says, love never fails. And what that means is it never drops away. It never stops. It, it just, it, it doesn't, it, it does no longer, it, like there's not an end to it. It's never ending. And so as you think of your mom and as you mothers today are thinking of how that you love your children, that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? And I have found that as I look through this list of love and how that I try to love, I try to love my family. I know that you try to love your family. And we try to be patient. We try to be kind. We try to be long-suffering. We try to cover and bear all things. But you know what? I find that I fall short of that sometimes. Don't you? I mean, there's sometimes that my patience, I, I don't have any patience. There's sometimes that my kindness is in short supply. There's sometimes that, man, I just, uh, you know, you, you react to your kids. You react to your family. And so I, I wrote this thought down as I was studying and thinking about this. Have you ever felt inadequate? Have you just ever felt like this, this thing is bigger than I am? And, you know, that's, that's what happens when you come and you look at this list of how God wants us to love. It is bigger than I am, and you can't get this on your own. You can't love like this on your own. You have to come to God. And then God, once you start to understand how much God loves you, then you invite him into your life. You trust him. Then he gives you the ability to love others. Now you can love other people the way that you saw there without end, with, uh, with, with kindness and all the, the list that goes on. Uh, we all want to be the very best that we can be. But sometimes we feel a bit defeated in this whole journey because of our own inadequacies. And yet because we've seen someone that maybe that we have thought has done a better job at it. You know, if you look around, you'll be discouraged. I always tell people, don't ever look around, only look up. Don't look around. Moms, don't look at any other mother in the world because God didn't make, those, make you the, the uh, mother of those children. God made you the mother of your children. And I want to encourage every one of us to do that. You know, as, uh, as we look around, you'll be discouraged when you're looking at everybody else. But be encouraged today as you look at God. 
We're going to look at a passage today as we jump into this, but God. We've been looking at these statements, life happens, but God. And even in the midst of trying to raise our families, I think there is this moment of, hey, this is really hard trying to do this, trying to be a successful mom, a successful dad, successful member of my family, and yet God has to step in. And so we're going to look at this today, 1 Corinthians, beginning uh, chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul shares this. He says, the word of the cross is folly or foolishness, all right, to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So he talks about this unique thing. He says, the word of the cross. Some translations will translate that word to be message, the message of the cross. But he uses a Greek word there. It's logos. Remember that. I'm going to come back to this Logos because Logos was, was like the, uh, the main word that the Greeks would use for the answer to life. So when Paul is telling us, he says that the, the Logos of Christ, the main answer of life, Jesus Christ, to the world, to the people who do not know Jesus, it is foolishness. But to those of us that are being saved, and what that means is we're coming to the Lord and you're growing in your faith. To those of us that are being saved, it means that we are now also, uh, for us, it is no longer foolishness to us. It becomes the power of God. He says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. That word logos, remember that, that's the, the Greek word, the answers to life. And it's translated as the word word. John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The answers to life come in the form of Jesus. Go back 2,000 years ago. You know, today as we stand here and we look back towards the cross, most everybody in your, in your world has heard about the cross. Most everybody's heard the name of Jesus. But in that day, it was a totally new message. Imagine if somebody came and you heard the story, hey, there's a guy in Finleyville, and he says he's perfect. And he turned water into wine. Well, in Finleyville, that'd be a big deal, wouldn't it? <laughs> Listen, I mean, as you go out there and you see that he does all these things, and then he died on the cross and he came back to life. If you had never heard that before, it would be so new and it would be so absurd. And the Apostle Paul says, Listen, to the world, our message is absurd. And even after Jesus rose from the dead, the Romans looked at the crucifixion. If you died on a cross, it was a criminal's death. So Jesus hung on a cross. Today, you wear the cross. Many of you have a necklace on today with a cross around you. Uh, we have the cross on the wall behind me. It's our main symbol. It's a symbol of peace and freedom today. But in the early church days, it was not a symbol of peace and freedom. It was a symbol of disgust. As a matter of fact, Cicero, one of the Roman writers, he said to even mention the cross is offensive. This is why a Roman citizen, if they could prove Roman citizenship, could not be crucified. See, all the criminals that they crucified, they, they wouldn't even crucify their own Romans by that because, hey, that is just a terrible, downgraded way to, to die. It's just disgusting. It's, 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 it's horrible. So at least a Roman citizenship, they'd kill you some other way, but you didn't have to go through the cross. And the Apostle Paul, he was, uh, when he was out preaching the good news, he came under fire. And, you know, there was times that, that he could have been crucified, but when he proved his Roman citizenship, he was let off of the cross and died in other way. 
Verse 20 says, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the one who is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased through the fall. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Listen, the Greeks spoke so much about wisdom. They would talk about their wisdom. They loved wisdom. Uh, the, uh, the the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. So anybody know Sophia? Now you can call her wise, right? Sophia was the, the Greek word for wisdom. And if you were a philosopher, you were, you know, that's where if you loved wisdom, you were a philosophia. And so these people, they would talk and they would talk about how much wisdom that they knew. They would gain through all their human understanding the meaning of life. And they thought through their philosophies and through their wisdom that they could come up with the meaning of life. They would look at the cycle of life. They would look at the heavens and the stars. They would look at all the different things that are happening around the world. And they would try to make sense out of it without God. They used their own human understanding. And God just says here in that verse, he says, The wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. Listen, the world's not going to know God through human wisdom. And this is the struggle. Maybe this morning you're struggling with this. The message of the cross, it's so simple. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all forever. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. But most people say, yeah, but... Yeah, but i got to work harder. Yeah, but don't you have to be a good person? Don't you have to have some sort of responsibility? God says, my message is this. I have paid the price on the cross for you. All that you must do is receive this gift of eternal life. God does the rest. God does the transforming. You don't transform. God transforms. And so the Greeks believed that it was through this, through this logos, through their logos, through their word, that like the origin, all origin of life came from Logos. And so the Apostle Paul says here that the message of Jesus is the Logos. The message of Jesus is the word. And the meaning of life is based upon Jesus. And so you see this contrast of foolishness, the foolishness of the world versus the, versus the wisdom of God. And then the wisdom of God. Against, against the wisdom of man. For Jews demanded signs. Verse 22. For Jews, dem- uh, for Jews demanded signs. And Greeks uh, seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews. And folly, foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks. But to those who are called. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen, the message of Jesus is a stumbling block to the Jews. Why was it a stumbling block? Because they had religion. And when you have religion and you hear the message of Jesus, it's too simple. uh, Whenever the Jews saw Jesus come, they said, how can he be the son of God? He should be the king. Jesus will be the king. He's going to do great things. He's, He's not going to be born in some little manger in some obscure town. And that is all in the scriptures. But what they were looking for is they were looking for the promise of relief. They were looking for the promise of save now. They were looking for the high prophecies. And they didn't see some of these things that were low. The lowly, uh, the, the lowly Savior who would come to the earth. The lowly servant who would give his life on the cross. 
See, the Greeks, they came with their wisdom, the stumbling block of religion to the Jews, and then the message of of Jesus, the message of salvation is to the Greeks, it is folly, it is foolishness. Like, oh yeah, you really believe that? And maybe you've gotten in touch with some people out there that said that. Maybe you've gotten in touch with some people that said, oh yeah, do you really believe that? Oh, what are you doing? You've gotten all religious on me. Have anybody ever said that to you? Oh, you've gotten all religious on me. That's what that is. That's, that is the world saying, oh, that's foolish. Why are you spending your time up there? Why are you going up that hill? All they got is cookies up there. And God says, ah, there's a lot more than cookies going on up here. We've got something that's going to change your life. And you see, this is where the, the, the struggle comes. Because the world says, if you'll go out here and you give me your time, you give me your talent, you give me your treasure out here, the world will reward you over here. And God says, no, 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 no. You come over here, you give me your heart, and I take care of the rest. Man, how many people have gone out and said, I'm going to build my great resume out there, only to be left empty? Verse 25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. He says that basically this foolish plan, in other words, the absurd plan that the world would call it, of God, is wiser than that of men. And the weakness, you think God's weak? He's stronger than your, he is stronger than your best day. And you're calling what he has weak. And then he gets into this passage, and the second point in your notes this morning is this, is that God makes unexpected selections. God makes unexpected selections. Not only is God tireless in his love, not only does this foolishness and the wisdom of the world uh, the foolishness, you know, this message of the cross is foolishness to the world. Not only is there this going on, but he, he takes it a step further, and God makes an unexpected selection. Look, for consider your calling, verse 26, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. He doesn't say none of you. He says, not many of you. You know, God's not looking for your resume. Thanks be to God, he's not looking for my resume. He says right here, not many noble, not many wise according to the worldly standards. Not many who came out from the world system have walked in and said, yeah, I'm going to follow Christ. He says, not many, but he doesn't say not any. You know, through the years, I would say, boy, if that guy or that lady would, would get on fire for God, imagine what they could do in the church. And really, that's not what God teaches here. God's saying, listen, it requires God to do the work. Did, did you ever go down, and uh, there's these places in Pittsburgh that take junk and make it into art. Anybody ever seen one of those places? Um, I go down to buy gifts at those places. I went down there at the, uh, the holiday market, okay? Not all of it's junk that's recycled. Some of it's brand new. But I go down to that holiday market down there, and that's where I do my Christmas shopping for my wife and two daughters. And they have the most unique gifts. Except the one year I went down, I bought a pair of earrings for my wife. And I went back the next year, and I bought a pair of earrings for my wife. And she opened them up on the second year. She goes, these are really nice, but you gave them to me last year. 
They are the exact same thing. And I'm like, well, you know, the lady said they're all different. She goes, no, look at them. I was like, okay. But listen, sometimes you can, you take, yeah, yeah, listen. And I'm colorblind, so I thought maybe it's a color problem, right? But I'm just dumb, I guess. Okay, anyhow. So anyhow, and I, I'm going to have to start keeping stuff in my phone. What did you buy your wife last year, right? So anyhow. I go down there, and they have these guys that have these. They'll take some of the recycled stuff. They'll take old spoons and old pieces of metal, and they'll put it together, and it's a bunch of garbage, and it looks absolutely beautiful. Because when the artist gets involved, it changes what it looks like, doesn't it? Like an artist can take something that looks empty and worn out and turn it into beauty. And, you know, years ago I heard the story, and maybe many of you have heard the story. It's the story of, a, of an old violin. Uh, yeah, and there, an auctioneer was at an auction, and there was an old violin laying there, and it looked, uh, you know, it looked like it wasn't really worth much anything. And so he picked up the old violin, and he says, who'll give me one dollar? Who'll give me two? Come on, come on, come on. You know, he's doing his auctioneer. Come on, da, da, da. Who, who'll make it three? Who'll make it three? And he couldn't get any buyers for the, for the old violin. And then an old gray-haired man from in the back of the auction made his way slowly up, and he, he picked up the violin, and he... He took the strings and he put the strings together and he, he started to tune it up and he took the bow and he played the most beautiful harmony that you could ever hear. I mean, just the beautiful sound of this violin and people were stunned. I mean, that people were moved to tears hearing this beautiful sound out of what nobody would even bid $3 for. And then he puts the violin down and the auctioneer picks it up and he says, now who will bid on this? 1000 Who'll give me 1000 Who'll give me 2000 2000 Who'll make it three? Who'll give me $3,000 for this? And you see, the crowd said, what was the difference? Why would you ask so much more? He said it was the touch of the master's hand. And you see, that's what God does for us. He says, not many noble, not many wise according to the world. You need the touch of the master's hand. And when God starts to play in your life, it is a beautiful music that he makes, not only for you, but for him. And it's all about who he is. It's all about what he's doing in your life. And so as we look here, he says, not many were noble, not many were powerful, not many were, uh, were these, the popular, I'll even go to say. And then he comes up here with the, with the but God statement. Verse 27, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Folks, God chooses the simple. He chooses the common. He chooses what the world would discard to shame the wise. And as you're looking in the world today, as you're out there and you're looking at the world, maybe you have felt this. Maybe you felt this. Well, gee, I just don't fit in. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. God says, yes, you are, because I have chosen the simple. I have chosen what is foolish in the world standards to shame the wise of the world. God chooses what is weak to make us strong, to shame the strong. So, moms, I want to encourage you on this Mother's Day. You look, at, you look at your life on Mother's Day and you realize God has chosen you. Please relax, moms. Maybe you're looking and you're saying, I remember yesterday, I remember my failures, I remember my mistakes. I want you to know that those failures and those mistakes are all okay because God is still working in your life. 
And moms, please relax because God chose you to be the parent of those kids that he allows you to be the parent of. So we get to relax in this. We get to know. And this morning, whether you're a mom that is a, a biological mother, adopted, you've adopted children, or maybe you have just come along and you are simply a woman that is facing uh, other people in culture and in the world and mentoring them and loving them and caring for them. As you do this, I want you to know that God has a place for each one of us, and God has chosen us for his honor and for his glory. And so we get to relax. Look there. God chose you. Man, God chose. Listen, as I sometimes get up here to speak, I say, wow, God, I'm a little bit nervous today. Actually, every Sunday I'm nervous. Uh, You know, one of my greatest fears is that I will run out of things to say up here. That's my greatest fear. And you said, really? (laughs) Pastor Ken, you got this. Get out of here, right? Listen, God did not choose me because of my resume. You know, a, a man can go to Bible college. That doesn't make him a pastor. You know what makes the man a pastor? God put his hand on him. And God says, I want you to stand up. And so no matter who's up here, whether it's me or one of our other pastors or a guest speaker, and as long as they're holding this book in their hand, the message will change your life. It's not relying on a man's talent. It's relying on who God is. And so I want to give you that because that's the power of God. Look here, verse 28, he says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So that nobody can boast. Man, I won't be able to go to heaven and say, God, didn't I do a good job down there? God will say, what are you talking about? I'm the one who did the work. You see, because the same is true for you in your family, in your job, all the things that God has given you to do. When we get to heaven, none of us are going to boast. We're not going to boast about us. So that no human being might boast. In the presence of God. And because of him you are in Jesus Christ. Who became to us the wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification. or that's, That means how we get set apart from the world. And redemption. That's how God redeemed us. He saved us for eternity. So that as it is written. Let the one who boasts. Boast in the Lord. Moms I want to remind you again. God's chosen you. A mother called by God does not have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Number one, you can't be. There are no perfect moms. God didn't make any perfect moms. But you don't have to be perfect. Let me give you a few examples here. I was reading a story about a lady by the name of Linda Hutchins. She was from Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, she was tired Tired of, uh, she tried perfection one day on her daughter's wedding, and so she went down, down the aisle, and you know how they have the candles up on the stage, and the moms come up and they light the candles. So as she goes to light the candles, somehow she got her acrylic nail caught on fire as she was lighting. And so what did she do? She took her acrylic nail and she lit the candle. <laughs> and then she took it and she went, <laughs> put her hand back in her, back in her purse, I guess, right? Dr. Benjamin Carson tells a story about his mother. Dr. Benjamin Carson was the renowned surgeon at John Hopkins University, as you know, and you see much of him out in the world today. He tells a moving story about his mother. Whenever he was young, his mother told him and his brother Curtis that she, he wanted them to go, she wanted them to go to the library and get books and read the books and write a report for her. 
So they would go to the library and they would pick out their books and they would read week in and week out and they would write all these letters and they would come back and write those reports and give them to mom. And they did this for several years until Ben Carson got into middle school and he realized that his mom couldn't read. And his mom had no clue what was on those reports. And you know what his mom did? His mom had taken what was the tough part about life and she didn't let her limitations say, I'm not a good mom. She gave what she could. She gave, uh, she gave accountability. She gave direction. And she gave encouragement. And look at Ben Carson today in this world. I want you to think about Jesus' mother here on earth. Mary, the earthly mother here, right, of Jesus. Boy, she was not perfect. She goes to a wedding. There's no wine. And she gets Jesus involved and says, hey, there's no wine. What's going on here at the wedding? And, and Jesus Jesus responds and says, woman, why do you involve me? It's not my time. She wasn't totally catching the whole picture. Um, another time, she comes to see Jesus and brings uh, Jesus' brothers with him, right? The, the half, you know, we call them the half-brothers because Jesus was the only one that was the virgin birth. And so she brings the, other, other, the rest of the family, and he come, they come to see him. And Jesus says, they say, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus says, well, who are my mothers and brothers? These are my mother and brothers. The people that are following me, the people that are in the move of God. And so we see that even, even in the scripture, we see that, that God has chosen what is foolish in the world's eyes to do what God wants to do. So moms, you don't have to be perfect. And all moms said, amen. Amen? There is no, we can't be perfect, but we want to give our heart, we want to give our soul. Because God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God shows what is weak in the world to shame the strong. But God is all we need. That's the third thing in your notes this morning. But God. That statement, but God. But God chose. And that's all that we need this morning. I want to give you that in your notes there. But God is enough. He is all we need. He is enough. And so as you look at that, take that this morning and go home and say, man, thanks be to God that he is all I need. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So every one of us in here today, while I've given you a few Mother's Day examples, there are example after example after example. God's placed every one of you in a calling of life, men and women, children, teenagers, everyone. God's placed us in a place where he wants us to serve him. And because God got in and he said, God says, I'm going to choose the foolish things. I'm going to choose the simple things. I'm going to choose those things that are going to surprise the world and watch what God will do. And you know what? God wants to work in and through you. As we close today here, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. This is what God told the Apostle Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So, folks, let's come to God in our weakness and let him transform us from the inside out and let him do it because God is the one who's doing the work and God is the one who has chosen you. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Now, check this out. This is so cool. And this is the last verse. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of his wisdom, or the strong boast of his strength, or the rich boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, 
that we have under that that he has understood that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness justice righteousness on the earth for in these I delight declares the Lord folks God's got a plan and God has chosen you to be a part of it and don't come to God and say well God my resume is just not that good because God already knows. That's why he chose you. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning as we prepare for our closing song, I just want to invite you to Jesus. Maybe on this Mother's Day, maybe God is speaking to you. He's talking to you this morning about how to how to be a follower of him. Maybe he's talking to you and he's, he's been knocking at your heart's door. And he says, Whosoever will, will call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved from the punishment of your sins. And so today, I want to invite you to Jesus. Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Would you just come to him and say, God, I, I come to you in my weakness, in my foolishness. And Lord, this message today, it's no longer foolishness. I'm going to trust you. And so if that's you, pray something like this to the Lord. Just pray like this, just quietly. Dear God, I come before you. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. This is not foolishness to me anymore. I'm surrendering, and I'm trusting what you did on the cross for me. I invite you into my heart and soul right now. And for others in this place, maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe God's been talking to you about some things in your life. And listen, God chooses the simple. He chooses the, what looks foolish to the world. God's not looking. In the church, God's not looking around for anybody's talent. He's looking for somebody who's available and willing to trust Him. So moms... This morning, I want to encourage you, would you commit to coming to God, saying, Lord, I need your strength. You've chosen me to parent these kids. No matter how old your kids are, you have chosen me, Lord. And I thank you what you have allowed me to do for you. Uh, for all of us, what is it in your life that you're struggling with? Maybe you've been struggling with, I'm, what purpose do I have in the kingdom of God? You come before the Lord this morning and say, Dear God, I know that I am struggling. I know that you have chosen me. So God, give me the strength. But God, you have chosen me. God, thank you that you have done the work. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen the people, Lord, in this place the followers of Jesus Christ, you've chosen us to go out and transform a world. And the world will look at us and say, oh, they're foolish. They believe a little fable. But in the meantime, Lord, as we go out, we carry that message. It'll be the very logos, the very word that will transform their lives. God, I pray for each mother here today, Lord. We dedicate them for your honor and glory. And I ask, God, that you will transform each family's life, Lord, as we all get a glimpse of the glory of what you're doing in and through us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together today as we sing our closing song. Let's worship the Lord. And ladies, remember to get your calories on the way out.
Have a great and wonderful week and happy Mother's Day.